This is the Oklahoma Talking Company. Welcome to Activate Your Strengths with Rhonda Boyle. StrengthsFinder 2.0 is an analytical assessment created by Gallup Corporation, and many people today are using it to change their lives, improve their relationships, and enhance their work experience. This is the podcast where we explore using your natural talents and gifts in your personal and professional development. And now, here's your host, Rhonda Boyle. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Activate Your Strengths show. I am Rhonda Boyle, your host, and we're so happy to have you here with us. Hello to our Periscope audience. Audience. Wave. Yep. Okay. And Jason Baffrey. Yes, ma'am. How are you today, sir? I am doing fantastic. You know what? I am pumped about our guest today. You know why? Why? Well, because I really don't, I get to learn about him because I don't know, I'm clueless when it comes to his talents. Well, that they makes are, two of us. I know, they're in They're in my blind spot. Yeah, let's, uh, I do want to remind people since we're at the beginning of the show here, because you mentioned Periscope, yep. that if you're listening to the podcast, we are Periscoping live uh, when we record the shows now from the Oklahoma Talking Co- Company are. studios. So you can follow Rhonda on Periscope at Activate Me. And tune in uh, approximately 9 a.m. on Thursday mornings, and we record the shows. And so we record a little bit of ahead of what you see if you're on Oklahoma Talking Co. right now and looking at all the shows. Um, you can see what's there and listen to past shows and everything. But yeah. uh, you can watch us record live and get a behind-the-scenes look at what we do here. I know. It's fun, isn't it? It is fun. It, I know. It we brings a little it. bit different atmosphere to it, things. It does. So I am so excited to introduce our guest today. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Uh, he is... He was actually an Air Force brat, grew up as as an Air Force brat, originally from Ohio, and landed in Enid, Oklahoma. He is a network specialist at Vance Air Force Base, which is in Enid, and has two grown kids. And we are excited to have Mr. Doug Glenn in the the, uh, studio today. Thank you. Welcome. Thanks. Yeah. So we always start by asking people what their top five are. So tell us what yours are. My top five uh, talents are responsibility, um, context, consistency, uh, adaptability, and analytical. Right. And so to remind everybody, StrengthsFinder 2.0 is the test that we're talking about by Gallup Corporation. And it tells uh, we have 34, they have identified 34 talents, and you are dominant in these top five, responsibility, context, consistency, adaptability, and analytical. And so I just, you're in my blind spot, Doug. I have no idea (laughs) how you operate because none of these, okay, so I'm going to fess up, like your consistency is my number 34 out of 34. So we'll hit that one in just a few minutes. But first thing I wanted to ask you is when you took the test, well, before you took the test, actually, uh, we met, gosh, it's been a year and a half ago, maybe. Yeah. And so um, I suggested you might be a thinker. Right. <laughs> Which is right. Exactly you told me I you... overthink things. I need to stop that. Well, I think you might have been doing that. And I invited yes. you to take this test. And so right. the first thing, tell, tell us what your first thoughts were when you took this test and you were like, oh, my gosh. Uh, what kind of crazy stuff is this? I mean, come on, really? <laughs> you know, that was right. basically what I thought. Well, then my son took the test. Mm-hmm. And uh, him and I have butted heads all of our lives pretty much. Uh any time we talked or anything, we always had disagreements. We were always butting heads. Well, he took the test first and uh, 
tried to get me to take the test, and then you talked to me, and then I finally took it. Right. And we found out where our personalities were different, and our relationship has changed for the better since then. Right. I mean, was, we haven't butted heads since then. We know where each other's coming from now. Well, you know what's so funny? We talk about blind spots, so you're in my blind spot. We're in each other's blind spots right. because we really do not see the world in the same way. Right. Well, neither do you and your son. Right. And so that really, once you were able to identify what it was— right. That was it. And we'll be able to talk a little bit about uh, exactly where the conflict was. And, and I remember when we talked earlier, you said it was the best 15 bucks you ever spent. It was, spent. definitely, because <laughs> we have not, like I said, we haven't butted heads since then. And it's, yeah. we're actually able to figure out where the other one's coming from and work, work through problems now. Right. Well, a lot of people <clears throat> get introduced to the StrengthsFinder assessment through their work. Right. And it's work-related, and it's, it's really used in corporations to improve productivity. But the reality is... Is, is that by building a common language and learning one another from a talent perspective, how we're each gifted, you have the opportunity really to improve your relationships and kind of, I don't guess I can ever understand where you're coming from, but I can at least accept where you're right. coming from. Right. And that's really what we're talking about here when you're learning about somebody's uh, talents and learning <clears throat> when they're completely different from you. Right. And it's often that we have kids that, you know, our kids have different talents than right. we do. And especially, you know, we end up with our life partner often who is completely different. Right. So. Rhonda, if I can jump in here just yeah. a second. I have a question. Um, Doug, how did you practically... Uh, take on? I mean, once you learned your strengths and your son's strengths, what was the practicality of then reestablishing that relationship or figuring out how to negotiate each other and negotiate those strengths to make your relationship better where you haven't been butting heads? I mean, how did you come about doing that? Well, I think beforehand, um, I was looking at him like, well, why, why can't this kid see what I'm trying to tell him? He had an mm -hmm. older brother and his older brother would listen to me and all this, but this my younger one would not he always had to go his own way um so when i found out about this i i knew okay he had a different way of looking things than the rest of us did so i had to had to get my mind and put it around on his side of the coin so to speak and right. and try to look at it from his angle and even though i'm not always successful at least i understand that there is a different way of looking at it. Yeah, sure. but it's great that you had the, the awareness and, and self-discipline enough to be able to realize that you needed to make that change to better your relationship. And you took these tools where you could just go, okay, well, these are my strengths and that's great. But right. I mean, to, to actually really think, and I guess since you're analytical, you, uh, you applied that to thinking about how you would change yes. your uh, relationship when you had a discussion and, and even getting into your son's head to try to understand him better. Right. I don't think a lot of people would necessarily do that, especially in a father-child relationship. Right. right. And there's still times when we do have a conversation and we can feel the tensions rise. I'm like, okay, that, that's when I know, okay, I got to turn around and think about it from his side and see where we're coming from. And, well, and, and what you just said is very, very important. You said you felt your, you feel tempers, your tension tensions, rise. Yes. So that's a trigger. Bam. Right. And as soon as you feel that, that's a clue right. that you are only looking through your own eyeballs. That's right. what I like to say. We're all looking for, through our own eyeballs. And so you you do get the opportunity when you feel that tension or that trigger to say, hey, hold on, I'm missing something. Right. So it's a cue. 
Right. You know, instead of getting frustrated and ma- staying mad. Right. Instead of letting the anger take over, I take over the anger and I work with it from that point. Well, yeah. And, you know, we call that <clears throat> blind spot curiosity when you ask questions around what the other, you know, they're in your blind spot. You don't get what they're saying. You feel triggered and you're like, hold on a minute. The best way to get around that is to ask questions. Right. Yeah. Blind spot curiosity is one of the things that we call that. So how fun. Well, listen, let me start. I want to know about uh, your responsibility. That's your number one talent. And it's a very common talent. A lot of people have are high in responsibility. And uh, your word is your bond, isn't it? Yes. And, you know, it it really frustrates me when somebody tells me they're going to do something when I'm depending on them and then they don't do it. And then I got to pick up and do or there's a lot of times where I have to do something for somebody else because they're not doing it for themselves on their own. And I feel the responsibility to make sure it gets done. Yeah. And it's uh, the 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 thing that each of these talents that we talk about has a, a deep need and the need for people with responsibility is control. Because your word is is at risk. Yes. When you say it, something's going to happen, it is going to happen. Right. You're going to burn the midnight oil no matter what, right. you know, come heck or high water. Right. And so uh, it's really important to you that you, uh, you know, stand for whatever it is that you are have said you're going to commit to. Now, we talked a lot about as a kid how responsible you were. You were, am I right? You were the oldest? I was the oldest of four, mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. And your parents really trained you. Uh, yes. They, yeah, I was, uh, uh, first of all, first and foremost, since I was the oldest, I was supposed to protect right. my younger siblings. Anybody mess with them, I was supposed to take care of them. Of course, in the back of my mind, I was always going, well, well wait a minute. Well, somebody's bigger than me. How? Who's going to take care of well, I had to do it. Sure. So... Well, yeah. it kind of kept you out of trouble, too, as yes. a kid, didn't it? Yes, it did. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were always worried about who was going to find out. Right. And, yep. they can, and so when the other kids wanted you to get involved in things that were really not yeah, appropriate. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to be involved, but it was like, you know what? You know, if my dad finds out, he's going to tear me up. So, you know, <laughs> so I tried to be responsible with that kind of thing. Right, right. You said that your parents were, uh, you know, they kind of pounded it in your head and that you really, you, you were responsible for your kids, like your siblings. In fact, you babysat them. Yeah. Yes. Uh, even even when I got my driver's license, Friday night was my parents' night. They'd go out bowling, and I'd have to stay home and babysit the younger ones. Even though my uh, sister was old enough to babysit at that point, I still had to stay home with everybody. Right, right. And uh, then I got Saturday night. But looking back on it, I think my parents were just wanting me to stay home while they were gone so I didn't get in trouble while they were out. <laughs> that so. could have been the case. <laughs> Although they didn't realize that you had this responsibility and you were not going to get in trouble right. no matter what because it's just who you are and right. how you operate, right? right? So let's talk about your number two talent, which is pretty rare, about 7% maybe uh, out of, at the at the time of this recording, over 13 million people have taken this test and about 7% have context. That's your number two. So you really think about the backstory, the history, yes. the, you are always looking back to give you a reference point or a context, if you will, to understand the world around you, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, and this started really young. Yes, it did. (laughs) Yeah, tell us the story about you uh, riding your bike up to the fence. Um, Yeah, when my my dad was in the Air Force and uh, stationed in Puerto Rico, and in the housing area we were at, it was an isolated area, but it was right up next to the fence where the airplanes would take off. Mm -hmm. And I would always... 
after school, weekends, spring break or whatever, ride my bike up to the fence and just sit there and watch the airplanes take off. And that was my entertainment and I really liked it. And Sure. So, yeah. Well, and then airplanes have become a passion for you. Yes. Yes. And, I've been and around really the, historical. Right. Right. And I've been around the Air Force my whole life. So. Yeah. And you said that um, you know everything there is about old airplanes. Don't I don't you? know about everything. but <laughs> <laughs> You know a lot of well, things. I, I did do a lot of reading, especially World War II airplanes and, and a lot of the uh, history with the dogfights and bombing raids and all that took place during the war. Right. Well, you know, it's so funny because this context that you have has really shaped the rest of your life because you ended up joining the Air Force, right. you, you know, as a young man. And then uh, what did you do in the Air Force? I worked on ejection seats. You worked on planes. Yes. Right? So yes. it's it's really that interest and passion around planes led to your uh, interest and knowledge, thorough knowledge, really about World War II and that kind of thing. And um, the one thing I in, really have have appreciated in our conversations in learning more about context, because it's in my blind spot. It's like number, I don't know, I don't even know. It's like 24 or something. It's yeah. way low for me. Is that you? You really see images in your mind of the past. Yes. So you tie and you you told me that you tie things together according to where you happen to live. Yeah, where I happen to be when I heard of whatever the event was. Yeah. Yes. And you you really kind of get transported back. Yes, I my mind just takes me back to that spot and I'm in that even though I'm conversing with you now, my mind has me sitting in or standing or wherever I was at the point in time where we had that, you know, whatever we're talking about. Right. You know what's so funny, Jason? And I think Jason and I are going to give you a little quiz here. Oh, right. uh, because <laughs> your context is really so sharp in identifying time that if I ask you um, when Martin Luther King Jr. died. Uh, that would have been in 1968. I was living in Georgia at the time and I saw it on TV. Okay. And then when Elvis Presley died, I was in New Mexico in 1977. I was at work when, uh, one of the girls there who was a big Elvis fan was telling me about it. Yeah. I mean, look, listen to this, Jason. Is this amazing? That is amazing. I thought I had a, uh, a pretty good memory in remembering dates and things like that, but not to that extent. <laughs> well, he can even tell a song. So you want to give him a song that you w published like in the 60s or 70s? Uh, oh, uh, Hooked on a Feeling by Blue Suede. Hooked on a Feeling. The first time I heard it was in, I believe, 1974. See? That's Look at that. That's great. It is amazing. So you remember when the Challenger blew up exactly where you were? Yes, I do. I was at work and I was in the hangar and somebody blurted something out on the intercom and I couldn't understand it. And I walked in my shop and asked my shop chief, uh, what was that he said? And he told me the Challenger just blew up. Yeah. So. So, so when you are making decisions and we're talking about, you know, what's going to happen in the future, you immediately your mind goes backwards yes to a time or a similar situation or something that will give you a framework in order to make that decision yes and in order to warn people yes. <laughs> about something <laughs> don't do probably. that this is what's going to happen and they never believe me you know and i know so. well but now you can tell them hey i've got this talent called context yeah. and i really know what i'm <laughs> yeah. i can really tell you that yeah, i've right. seen what happens when that <laughs> 
happens. It's almost like, you know, I can I know where your foot's going to step because I can see the footprint there already. It's already been there. You know, somebody's footprint's already been there. Yeah. So. And it's just because of your memory of the past. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's so fascinating. You know, in, in uh, the contrast of context, the con- you know, like the uh, it's not the opposite because opposite would mean they're opposed, mm-hmm. but the contrast would be futuristic. Yes. And that's what your son has. That's right. That's what we found out on that test. Right. So. And so when he's always talking 5, 10, 20 years in the future, you're like, whoa, buddy. Whoa, hold on. <laughs> and you're I've tr- seen it already. You know? You're trying to tell him <laughs> things that could potentially happen. Right. And this is where the conflict came. Right. And and he'll tell me, don't be so negative, or you don't know that, or uh, yeah, I do, <laughs> you know, because I've seen it. So now when you have conversations and he goes 10 years ahead, does he listen when you he, he, take, he takes it in more? Now. He seems to listen more. I think he still disregards it, but he, he does yeah. at least listen and, sure. and understands. Well, where and I'm you, from. you're able to you know, kind of pause for a minute and maybe try to see his perspective. Right. I'm not so much the dad anymore trying to, you know, educate him. I'm more of a I'm more conversing with him and trying to get my point across in a different manner. Right. And giving him a little wisdom in context, so to speak. So, okay. so Berlin Wall, when did it fall? Berlin Wall, 1989. (laughs) Is that amazing, Jason? (laughs) I know. I just can't even believe how fast you do that. I mean, I remember when Elvis Presley died. I remember where I was. Okay, so when did uh, I'll throw you a curveball, maybe? Uh, I have to have heard of it. That's one qualifying. So go ahead. (laughs) Uh, Roger Waters did Pink Floyd's The Wall live in Berlin Um, in association with the, the fall of the wall, but... I did not. I, okay. I don't remember that one. I don't, know, I don't know what the no. exact date is. You have to actually have seen it, though. Yes. yes. And or be present. You should watch that. really cool. Yes. I had to have <laughs> some way been a participant of it, you know, whether I heard about it or, sure. you know, because there was a, several times I'd like I'd turn off the news because it's all bad and I don't want to hear right, it. Right, so. right. I get it. I get it. Well, let's now here's your uh, number three. We're going to move on real quick to your number three is consistency. And you're all about justice and fairness. You want things to be balanced. and Yeah, and I think another word is kind of like safety. Uh, oh, so for you, consistency represents safety. Uh, to some extent, yeah. Okay. So you like rules. Don't necessarily like them. I'm a rebel to some extent, but (laughs) (laughs) I do think that if there are rules, they need to apply equally to everybody. Right, right. It just makes you crazy when people don't go by the book. Right, or they take shortcuts when everybody else is trying to make make do and everybody else is trying to take short. And then there's other people trying to take shortcuts to get ahead and push everybody else back who's worked hard to get to that point. So here's what I always ask everybody with consistency. So do you speed in your car when you're driving? I go four miles an hour over the speed limit. (laughs) He goes exactly four miles an hour. That's where the the safety comes in. There's no cop in the world going to pull you over for doing four miles an hour over the speed limit. Well, uh, that may be true. The responsibility kicks in because I don't want to pay the ticket. So (laughs) So there's a method to your madness. Absolutely. Okay. So when I told you that, um, that I was, um, uh, that you were in my blind spot. I, I'm very serious because mm. consistency is my number 34. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, wow, right? So I really don't get the whole rules thing. For me, you've heard that phrase that says, um, you know, rules are... are um, Made to be meant, broken. Yeah, well, I believe they should be at every opportunity. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm a little rule breaker, you know, but I like to be safe too. So 
I'm not you know doing cr- crazy things. I just don't remember the rules, and right. if they if I bump up against one that seems like not right, I'm just not gonna. You know, I'm going to try and figure out a way around it. It's just who I am, yeah. you know. So that's just hilarious. You did tell me one time that you had a boss that made you a little crazy because he kept trying to make you release an airplane early right. when you were in doing maintenance right. he, on it. And there, It was scheduled to be out, and uh, we were having issues with the maintenance, and uh, he was just – pushing pushing we need this airplane now and i said nope it's not going anywhere till i say it goes that's right because there were rules because, right because there were rules and you know if he wanted it to go out he's gonna have to sign it i wasn't putting my name on it that's right you know well what's so interesting is that your number four talent is adaptability which is sort of contrasting because yeah. uh you know consistency is by the book and adaptability is like, well, okay, so we're not by the book right now. You kind of bend and flex with things. But you said that it, as long as the rules change for everybody, right. you're okay with things that change. Right. And and you also mentioned that uh, you don't get upset with change as long as you understand it right. and why. Right. So um, when uh, people make, you know, dinner changes or things like that, as long as they you just roll with it. Right. Yeah. I just yeah. roll with it. Yeah. Because there's nothing you can do about it anyway. So I might as well just roll with it. Well, there you go. So, so if I were to say, where are we going to go to lunch? You really don't care, do you? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but if I miss an appointment with you. Um, yeah. I'll you'll be a little, little frustrated. A little frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. But as long as you know why or what right. happened. Right. That's, yeah. Yeah. Then you're you like, know, I don't throw things or break things or anything because <laughs> of it. It's just. <laughs> well, some some people are really they have adaptability really low. Uh-huh. And that is very frustrating right. for them. I when, can see that. Yeah. Yeah. But for you, it's like as long as yeah. you know. Oh, well. Yeah. I have a adaptability number two, I think, two or three. So mm-hmm. it's way up there for, for me, too. And people get frustrated because I'm like, I. I don't care. I don't, okay. you know, whatever. I'll, I'll roll with it. It's good. <laughs> yeah. And when they try and pin you guys to a decision that you really don't care, when I say coffee, tea, or tea, you're like, I don't care. Really? Yeah. No, I do it, care. Tea. Uh, oh, tea you do me. care I'm about tea? Really, yeah, <laughs> I'm not a coffee drinker. Whatever's so. <laughs> easier for you. I'm good with it. Yeah. yeah. But it's but it's not that way with everything. So sometimes you're, you're playing. Sometimes, would it be fair to say that you have like an internal struggle between your consistency and your adaptability? Um, yeah, sometimes. Okay. So how, when does that show up? Is it when it's, you know justice or is it safety or you know Um, is there a specific well it's kind of like you know you need you need organization you Mm -hmm. know you need to make a plan to some extent but i don't plan things so if you want to plan things out or you know what your week's going to be like set your goals or whatever yeah and i know i need to do that and i want to do that but then but then i'm like eh, whatever (laughs) you know just sure conflict with myself on that and well, it seems to me from our conversations that your consistency really takes over when it has to do with um, something you're responsible for. Yeah. yeah. Like you're responsible for an airplane or you're responsible for installing some, you know, lines for your IT technical right. stuff or there's, you know, there's certain things. But when it comes to uh, other things you really don't care. You right. know, dinner, what's for dinner. If you're a few minutes late, as long as I know why, you're good with it. It's it's right. no no problem as long as you know, and as long as it doesn't impact a safety issue or something that you have put your word on. Yes. Yeah. This is how these talents all work together. You know, mm-hmm. you don't we we break them apart 
in order to study them, but you're never using them just by yourself, by one, you know, one by itself. Right. They're all, they influence one another um, in, in that regard. Now, let's talk about your analytical, because when we first met, and I don't know why I would have said to you, you're overthinking this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the context of that was. I don't know where you got that, that from, was. but you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> we must have been having a conversation about something. But um, your analytical loves data and you you like, but, but it's not, you mentioned to me that it's not technical or mechanical. It's more mechanical than it is. Or it technical. is mechanical. It's more mechanical than technical, yeah. So mechanical data, meaning you like to know all the bells and whistles of the project you're getting ready to work on. Right. You want to know all the details of, I don't know. See, you're in my blind spot. Right. <laughs> Analytical's my yeah, number 31 yeah. or two. I, don't I mean, know. I can look at mechanical things and analyze what's wrong with it or whatever. The technical things, like the computer stuff, even though I'm in IT, um, when it gets down too deep into it, I really don't see because you can't see it to me. You can't see it in a picture like I can with the mechanical stuff. Sure. So, so the technical stuff is just like, you know, you have to go draw it out or write it out. And so and it's that that's, it gets too deep for you. Yes. Or it's just not an interest. Right. So that's, you know, the interesting thing is that uh, we know that people with analytical love data Right. But it doesn't necessarily mean charts, graphs, numbers, spreadsheets, because you really don't like those no, things. No, I'm more like into uh, solving crimes, you know, old crimes like the Kennedy assassination or where's Amelia Earhart or something like that. I'm more into that kind of data. and Well, stuff that like would that. fit in with your context. Right. Right. So have you figured out the answers to those questions yet? I think I have. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's we might have to do a whole other show just on that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> Maybe so. So it's very interesting how uh, the different ta- the way our talents are aligned within us influence. We call this theme dynamics. So your analytical is really controlled or influenced strongly by that historical context that right. you that context talent. I really see all over your life. It just yeah. It permeates everything. And so here we go um, with an example of someone being high analytical, but not really liking spreadsheets and numbers and stuff. Right. Hey, does that mean I might be analytical? No. no I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. <laughs> yeah, nice try. I am not analytical at all. If you put a spreadsheet under my nose, I'm going to like freak out, I'm sure. So, uh, but you do like to think things over yes. and spend a lot of time. Before I make any decisions, I like to think it over. Um, if it was a bad decision, I didn't have enough time to think about it. So. Sure. But then, like you say, I run the risk of overthinking it. So, Yeah, it's kind of a it's a balance. So really having um, someone in your life who is contrasting to you, yeah. like somebody who would be really in your blind spot like me <laughs> to light a fire under you with my activator. Right. You know, you really need to partner with people who are different from you right and that's uh, the whole part about but but here's the deal is you really can't partner with someone effectively unless you understand them right and And that's what this tool really does yes and i'm beginning to understand that too as well just just by taking the test how much that's changed my life especially my relationship with my son i know i just think it's really fun really amazing how uh how you and your son have have change that whole dynamic and he is completely different from you for sure (laughs) yeah and it's not that he doesn't listen to you no 
he has a talent called self-assurance, right? Which means that he he makes decisions from the gut, and so he'll take your input, but the buck he, stops here for him, right? He mm-hmm. he goes on and does it his own way anyway. He does, yes. And that's been sort of hard to. You really don't even understand it. You just accept it now. Right, right. Yeah. And that's where this test really can come in uh, quite handy. So um, if you uh, had a piece of advice for anybody, you wanted to just share information, you know, share what you've learned, or uh, if somebody's just new taking the test, what would you suggest that they do? Well, my first advice would obviously be to take the test. Yes. And try to understand it. And even though I haven't, I would still suggest people continue and in with your education, which I do plan on doing, by the way. Yeah. I just haven't <laughs> you done have. it yet. Well, you haven't done it in a while. I mean, you've right. been to, through a couple of our workshops, so, and we're glad to have you. We have a great oh, community. You. And plugging into a community, I think, is really important, too. Um, and not everybody has that, what we have here in Oklahoma City. We're right. very blessed to be able to have hundreds, hundreds, thousands of people now who uh, understand the test and who are, uh, you know, understanding and building this common language so it's pretty exciting so um yeah we're talking about gallup strengths finder and if you have not taken the test i would encourage you to do so at www.gallupstrengthscenter.com it's 15 bucks just choose the clifton assessment and it'll give you your top five and how you're dominant in 34 talent themes and so we see yours uh, active here. And again, to like totally in my blind spot. <laughs> well, <laughs> but that's the way it is, you know. Yes. So uh, anything else that you want to share with us before we close uh, out I here? I think I'm good. So. Okay. Right. Well, we are so glad to have you in the studio today, Mr. Doug Glenn. Uh, thankful that he would share with us. And you've been listening to the Activate Your Strengths show. And my name is Rhonda Boyle. You can find me at theyellowsubgroup.com and you can join our Facebook group at Yellow Subgroup and you can find me on Twitter at Activate Strong and on Periscope at Activate Me. Thanks for joining us everybody. Go live in your strengths. Bye-bye. Activate Your Strengths with Rhonda Boyle is a presentation of Oklahoma Talking Company. Learn more and listen to other great programs at oklahomatalking.co This has been a production of Destiny Creative.